Hello, and welcome to the Senior Detectives Podcast, a cozy corner to talk about mysteries of all kinds. I'm Hannah. And I'm Lauren. Today we will be covering Knives Out. It is a movie directed by Ryan Johnson. We will start today by reading a opening to the movie thing that I wrote. So <laughs> it's cheesy, but uh, yeah. Um, and before I do that, I would like to give a spoiler warning. As always. Yeah. As always. Yes. Who done it? <clears throat> the story begins with an eclectic mansion in the American countryside. It is early winter, the colorful leaves having just fallen from the trees. The day is foggy and bleak. Two German shepherds run by in slow motion. A beautiful and haunting composition of strings serenades as they approach. The scene changes. The music picks up tempo. A woman sets down a coffee mug that says, My house, my rules, my coffee, onto a tray filled with breakfast foods. She carries the tray through a mansion filled with oddities, knickknacks, and collections. She calls for Mr. Thromby. She must be the housekeeper. She checks his bedroom. He isn't there. She opens a secret panel in the hallway to access a set of stairs leading to Mr. Thromby's office. She opens the door to find him lying on a couch with his throat slit and a pool of blood running from him onto the floor. The tray containing his morning coffee and breakfast wobbles in the housekeeper's hands, and the music peaks in one final note as she states, Shit. <laughs> it's a, such a good opening to the movie. It um, is. <laughs> that first initial chord of strings when you see the house for the first time yes. is so like it's so good i forgot like <laughs> it immediately put me in the mood because i it just really sets a mood it's like eerie but this house is so beautiful and it's like fall and yes it's uh. Uh, and it's just but yeah it's like foggy and eerie and mm -hmm. yeah and Oh, that first note of strings is like, oh, here we go. <laughs> the score in the entire movie is it's, amazing. It's very, very good. I yes. love it. Love it. A love character it. in itself. The house is a character in itself. The whole house, as you're exploring it, as the characters explore it, and seeing all the different rooms, is so distinct and mm -hmm. like full of character. And you obviously aren't in the house, but you get a really good sense of like where things are in the house yeah yeah i agree and like the layout for the most part they just do a really good job of making it where you can kind of figure it out in your head where which really mm -hmm. helps mm -hmm. for a lot of movies i feel like you don't you know it's just a mystery building that you can't right. make sense of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost entirely set at the mansion mm -hmm. yeah which gives you some time with it um it's such a it's such a vibe it's like super strange and full of the craziest shit mm -hmm. but it's also like very homey and cozy and yes. there's like a fireplace roaring right and, from yeah. the outside you absolutely look at it and are like oh that's a haunted house yeah um <laughs> would never could never buy that house <laughs> would definitely run out screaming like three months later yeah um <laughs> but yeah you go in and it's it's warm and rich and cozy yeah um props to the set designers yeah they did a really really good job yeah. All the details, like every little detail. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, yeah, this movie follows this family who the uh, the patriarch of this family is the one that the uh, housekeeper has just found dead in his study. And um, yeah, you spend the whole movie pretty much with this family. So we're going to give a quick breakdown of the family mm -hmm. dynamics so that 
you know kind of how everybody's related. <laughs> yeah, as it centers around Harlan Thromby is his name. Um, and he has three children, Walt, his son, Linda, and he has a son that has passed away, his, whose name was Neil. He doesn't play a role in the movie, but his, his wife, his widow, uh, Joni, does. Yeah, so his son Walt is married to Donna, and they have a son named Jacob. And then Linda is married to Richard, and they have a son named Ransom. Well, he goes by Ransom, but his name is Hugh. It's Hugh. Mm-hmm. Um, the son that passed away and his wife have a son, or have a daughter, excuse me, named Meg. And then the only other character that's specifically part of the family is Harlan's mother. Her name is Juanetta. Uh, and then the housekeeper we met is Fran. And then we have Harlan's nurse and just kind of companion sort of character whose name is Marta. And she's our main character. We love her. She's great. I'm literally in love with her. (laughs) She's amazing. Uh, Yeah, she's played by Ana de Armas and she's Uh. so good. (laughs) She's so good. Yeah, so um, the story starts up about one week after his death. Demise. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. uh, right after... The housekeeper says shit. Um, Marta, our main character, like startles awake. Yeah. In her bed. And she lives with her mom and sister. They, I mean, Marta clearly seems upset, but her mom and sister are really like dancing around her. Like her sister's <laughs> watching some other. She's watching like a murder yeah, show. Like a totally unrelated like murder show. And the mom is yelling at her about it. Like, turn it off. You can't watch. It's about death. <laughs> yeah. Marta's and, like, it's okay. You and can Marta's watch just. It. God, immediately you fall in love with her. She's like, like overwhelmingly a good person. Yeah. And kind to literally everyone. Yeah. And she, yeah, I mean, you really get a sense for it in that first scene because she is clearly upset, not necessarily by her sister watching the murder. So, but she's, she's just upset in general that, that Mr. Thromby has passed away. Um, mm-hmm. and in such a horrific way. And you know, her mom gets onto her sister and Amard is immediately like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. Okay. Like, just you can yeah. watch your show. It's it's really I'm OK. Like, yeah. When when you learn this show movie, sorry, I will say has amazing rewatch potential. Mm-hmm. Once you like get the whole explanation at the end, I totally recommend going back and watching it from the beginning, because like in all of these scenes right at the beginning, you know that she's going through like <laughs> such stress and anxiety and like probably so many emotions yeah and she's just like still a kind-hearted person yes which i don't know about anyone listening i personally am very unpleasant to be around when i'm stressed out i get very cranky Mm -hmm. and and grumpy (laughs) and like i would the overstimulus that happens too and you know i don't know that i would necessarily be like an actively bad person, but I do not go out of my way to be nice. Like You're gonna Marta, get Marta snapped does. at a little yeah. bit. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, so the rewatch potential is amazing. Because, yeah, the first time you watch, you're like, oh, she's just upset because mm-hmm. her her boss died that she had, you know, gotten close to because she just spent so much time right. with him and taking care of him. But, yeah, so she she's having breakfast with her family and she gets called in for a second round of questioning by the police. So she has yeah. to go back out to the house where two detectives, Lieutenant Elliot and Trooper Wagner, which, okay, so about them, I really like both of them. They're, they're, they're very, like, kind of tropey characters, but, they like, are. 
in a really endearing, lovely way. Yes. One of them is taking this all very seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, like, it's his job. Yeah. Like, he's a normal office who's just like focused and intentional and then the other one is just thrilled to be he's like a golden retriever he is he is he's like leslie nope of the mystery world he's just (laughs) delighted he's a big fan of like just mysteries in general Mm -hmm. well harlan writes mystery novels he's a big fan of harlan's mystery novels and so yeah it would be like if Agatha Christie was alive today and writing books today and then she passed away and you got called to like work the murder case for (laughs) Agatha Christie it would be like any person would be like oh my gosh this is so exciting (laughs) yes and exactly yeah that's that's his mindset he's just thrilled to be here thrilled to be involved enthusiastic I think he's kind of like an audience surrogate yeah he is for sure yeah because he just he gets so excited by things (laughs) So, yeah, they start their questioning of the family. And this is how you meet the family one by one as they as they get questioned in this room, which is like the room that they're doing this in is, I guess, like a sitting room. Yeah, there's a piano. Yeah, there's like books everywhere. It's I guess could be described as like a library because there is there's books everywhere. There's a piano. There's like a sitting bench for reading. Mm -hmm. And Um, they sit these characters down to question them in front of a giant circle wheel thing completely full of knives yeah it's like all pointing towards the center big 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 like statement art piece of a bunch of knives sort of like the throne in game of thrones but they're they're all mounted and pointing inwards at like the center of this circle and it's this big statement piece that's like in the background of every shot while they are interviewing the family and um, getting everybody's stories for what happened the night that harlan died it's super aesthetically pleasing it is i mean it looks really nice like as it just kind of even if it's not even in focus in the background it just looks really nice yeah Um, So everybody has loosely the same story of what happened. Um, (laughs) We say loosely because their details are all over the place. Yeah, their details (laughs) change person to person, of course. But but yeah, it's it's Harlan's 85th birthday party. So the Mm -hmm. whole family was gathered to celebrate. And Richard and Joni got there early. uh, And everybody else got there around 8 p.m. in the evening. So... Fran and Marta were there as well. They've both been working with the family long enough where the family considers yeah. them to be family. Which right. they say Heavy a lot. air quotes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's that sort of, <laughs> oh, you're family, but like not really. Not but enough. But not really, because like. Not enough to matter where we're going to like. Yeah. Actually really give you anything you. like you were family. Because like, to give an example of that, Ransom, the son of. Richard and Linda, his name is Hugh, and he only tells the help to call him Hugh. Yeah. And so Fran calls him Hugh, but everyone else calls him Ransom. So it's like, they're part of the family, but not really. But not really. Yeah. Like, close enough where he's like, oh, you can call me Hugh. Like, oh, I'm being friendly with you, but, like, not the familiar name that everyone in my family calls me by. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's only a halfway. <laughs> they like to, I guess it's more like, they like to show the outside world that they are progressive and mm-hmm. open. There's a facade they are maintaining. Yes. Absolutely. But it's, and the way it's they think so of themselves. Thin. Yeah. 
They yeah. think that they, they are. They think they are. They think they are. Um, but, but anybody with like, like this. A drop of the hat and they're like, oh, just kidding. I'm so much better than you. Yeah. Yeah. Willful ignorance at their own attitudes. Yeah. So the night of the party, Meg left early to go meet some friends. She's the like college aged daughter of Joni and the deceased son. Um, and Ransom, who is probably what, like 30, yeah, maybe late 20s, um, yeah. storms out after an argument with Harlan and yeah. also leaves the party early. Everybody was having a great time. Mm-hmm. The party dwindled down. Everybody kind of went to bed or left. Marta and Harlan went up to his study because they have a routine every night before mm. they go to bed or he goes to bed that um, they play Go together. Which is so cute. It's, so, it's such a cute little... <laughs> nightly game of Go. <laughs> yes. Um, Which I had never heard of that game before oh, really? watching this movie. I, no. That one, like I think chess is the oldest board game that exists, but I think really Go is if not like in the running with chess to be like the oldest board game to exist because it's from i think it's from ancient china if i'm kind of talking out of my ass here but (laughs) um i'm pretty sure it's a chinese game or like the early versions of it were chinese um so yeah it's been around Mm. for a very long time but not super popular here in the states yeah people know about it but it's like i didn't grow up playing it no i had never even heard of it so yeah Um, But yeah, so they usually play this little game of Go and then she gives him his nightly medications and then goes home and uh, yeah, everybody's stories say that's what happened. Yeah, but so while they are being questioned again, the family kind of one by one realize that there is another person in the room and his name is Benoit Blanc. And he's played by Daniel Craig, who genuinely having the time of his life in this movie. There's some scenes where he's because he's just like chewing this dialogue the whole movie. Like he is, he's so slow to say things. Yes, you can tell that, and like this character, you can tell is just fun to play. Yeah, and the way he moves and interacts with people and looks at people, and uh, you can tell Daniel Craig is just like (laughs) thrilled to be there. Like he is having a great time. I love his portrayal. I feel like he's gotten a lot of hate for it. As, like, you know, the investigator that figures everything out in the genre of mysteries. Mm. And because he's so unique and he's definitely putting on a show. Yeah. But I love it. I love how cheesy it is. It's over the top. And I think that's a lot of people's mm-hmm. complaint. But I yeah. personally, I no, no, no complaints for me. He Do does not hold back. He does sound like Foghorn Leghorn, <laughs> which if you're familiar with the old Looney Tune character... Yeah. Um, yeah. Just Which like, they say in the movie. Yeah. They make fun of him in the movie. Yeah. They're like mocking yeah. him in the movie and they tell him or they talk about how he sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just a really over the top, like Southern gentleman accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When um, when Ransom comes in and they meet him for the first time later in the movie, he looks at Blanc and he goes, CSI KFC. <laughs> <laughs> i love how like um like introspective the way that they pick on themselves within their own movie because they like know what's going on right yeah but it's awesome it works (laughs) Uh, if you're a fan of futurama he sounds like the chicken lawyer from 
Futurama, <laughs> who also, yeah, the same shtick. But it, like, it's funny to me. It will never not be funny to me. And you, it's just yeah. so obvious that Daniel Craig is thoroughly enjoying himself <laughs> that it's, like, infectious <laughs> to watch him do it. It's great. It's so um, great. So, yeah, you watch each character get interviewed. And as that happens, you kind of find out I guess, like, a motive for each character. Like, yeah. why... Or maybe not necessarily a motive for some of them, but, like, something that they were either keeping quiet mm-hmm. or... Upset with Harlan about. Or, yeah, there was some yeah. sort of, yeah, like, conflict with Harlan or something that makes them look a little bit questionable. Yeah, and as they're questioning, the audience learns these things because there's flashback sequences, but the detectives don't. However, so quickly... Benoit Blanc, no, like he's uh, figured he, it out. He, yeah, he, he immediately figures it out. Yeah, yeah, he, very quickly. So you learn that Harlan was going to fire Walt, who was the head of his pump publishing company. His yeah, his son Walt was <laughs> was like had taken over running the publishing company. So Harlan was like pumping out mystery novels, and Walt was publishing them all. But Walt mm-hmm. likes to talk like they're like our he's books. Doing a lot more. Yeah, there's. I mean, okay. I understand that he's not writing them. However, running a publishing company has got to be a lot of work, too. Yeah. They totally diminish him. They act like it's not a lot of hard work. It is. But there's the aspect of, like, he just got that job. Like, yeah, it was handed to him. It was just handed to him. I mean, I'm sure it's a big company, so I'm sure he's doing a lot of delegating. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure running a publishing company is not an easy task. He and Harlan have been butting heads because he, Walt, really wants to give rights to the novels and the stories away to film and movie production companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they mentioned Netflix. To adapt, (laughs) yeah, to adapt (laughs) these books into movies and TV. He's been kind of harping on Harlan about this for a long time, and they had a big blow up about it at the party. Mm -hmm. Which Walt denies. Which, yeah, Walt denies. He denies it to the detectives, but the audience sees the, the flashback of what really happened. You find out that Harlan actually totally fired yeah. Walt <laughs> from the publishing company. We're My like, mind is made up. Yeah, so that's Walt's motive, I guess, motive. Um, and then you also learn that his daughter, Linda's husband, Richard, is cheating on her. And... The reason that Richard came early was not to help set up or anything like that. It was so that he could speak with Harlan. And Harlan was like, I know you're cheating on her. I have proof. I'm going to tell her if you don't first. And he was like, all upset. Mm, Yeah. You tell her or I will is the gist of that conversation. Um, Yeah. He shows Richard uh, an envelope with an L on it. He's like, I'm going to give this to Linda Mm -hmm. tomorrow. If, if you, you don't tell her. If first. you don't tell her. So mm-hmm. Richard storms off. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and when Harlan was talking to Richard and he said, you tell her or I will. Is it Fran that overheard them? Um, I think it was someone on the catering staff. Okay. But either way, Blanc finds out about it. Yeah. So somebody somebody says like, oh, yeah, I heard them kind of arguing a screaming match. Um, and I overheard one of them say, you tell her or I will. And um, so Blanc asks Richard, like, you know, it, that that's a phrase that, that, that phrase kind of tells a whole story in itself. Yeah. So, yeah, like you have to really come up with something yeah. to make it make sense. Um, and Richard, he does. He makes up another excuse for saying yeah. that. 
kind of blows it off. It was yeah. like, oh, it was no big deal. We lies were, really well. Yeah. Oh, Every single one of them lies super well. Yeah. It, which is yeah. telling. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Yeah. So the yeah. only other person that came early before the party was Joni, who is Harlan's daughter-in-law. And she came to talk to him about her daughter Meg's college tuition. He has been funding Meg's college tuition. Um, and so I guess she, on the pretense of coming to talk to him about picking up a check or something for the college tuition. And <laughs> in this flashback, the audience uh-huh. learns that Harlan's offices have been wiring money directly to the college. But like right when Meg started going to college, Joni came and was like, oh, they there was some sort of clerical issue. They didn't get the money. It, you just write me a check and I'll make sure that like I give it directly yeah. to them. So she's been double dipping. She's been double dipping. And yeah. to the excess of four hundred thousand dollars. It's like a ridiculous amount yeah, of money she's, that she's been stealing from him. She's going to, yeah, I guess some really expensive New England liberal yeah. arts college mm-hmm. and the tuition is insane. And yeah, so she's Yeah. Yeah. And Harlan's like, um, not cool. I'm cutting you off like totally and completely. Right. Which to go from $400,000 a year to nothing. Yeah. To nothing. <laughs> it scared her. You um, know? Yeah. So he, he gives her one last check and is like, this is it. You and Meg are on your own, which sucks for Meg because it does suck for Meg. She didn't. Meg is messy. my favorite of the family. She has her bad moments. Yeah, she does. Um, but I, she's the most tolerable. Yeah. I think. So yeah, Linda's still, um, sorry, not Linda, but Joni, the the daughter-in-law and sister-in-law, um, is still really close with the family. She keeps up, you know, she yeah. comes to family events. She Even and Meg they do. they kind of don't want her They to don't be. necessarily <laughs> like her. She's, she's, she's like very a, hippy-dippy. She's like a pseudo-hippie. <laughs> yeah. A very new-agey. Yes. It's like every single one of these characters is a stereotype for people in America, I feel like, mm-hmm. and a very exaggerated stereotype at that. Yes. And you can tell that Joni really thinks that she's so like new agey oh, yeah. and natural progressive. and progressive. And Organic. she's like extreme. Yeah. And she's like a very rich white lady who's yes. obviously who's like friendly. mooching off of her dead husband's family. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's very all very holier than thou. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of go over the family a little bit. So like Richard, the guy who's cheating, I would say he's your average douchebag. Yeah. Prep school, like, fraternity bro who's in in his, like, 50s now, has never really wanted for anything in his life, always been pampered, always Mm -hmm. had money, like, Mm -hmm. and he married Linda, who also has money. She's got her own company. Linda is, like, strong-willed, sassy, confident, like... This maiden to herself woman. Hashtag boss bitch. Hashtag boss bitch. But she's <laughs> also like very standoffish and kind of mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that reason. She likes to play herself up as like, oh, I, I built my company from mm-hmm. the ground up. And Walt was just handed the publishing company. Right. I built my stuff from the ground up. And like yeah. somebody eventually calls her out later in the in the movie and is like yeah but you had a million dollar loan like startup from your dad from your dad like okay <laughs> yeah. jeff bezos like calm down you didn't build it by yourself um, yes exactly she's her own can of worms but there is a little sympathy for her because she is her as her husband's cheating on her and she doesn't know yeah um and so your son is an asshole who you haven't met yet but he is yeah and she really loved her dad i think out of all these people she's the one that genuinely cared about him maybe meg but 
she like they had their own like secret language and like played games and like sh- you could tell she really likes her dad. yeah they were close yeah for sure um and you can tell she is actually genuinely upset that he mm-hmm. has died whereas the other family members are just kind of like what am oh, i gonna oh, get well, like what are <laughs> we gonna get that money at yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's i think because she has her own money like she's yeah. most invested in the house yeah. and who's going to get the house mm-hmm. that's yeah. her thing not necessarily the money she's also like a little bit redeemable but really not yeah that much <laughs> none of them are totally no <laughs> most of them have mostly negative quality all right i guess the only person that we haven't really talked about within the family i don't even remember if he gets interviewed or not if he does it's really short but jacob the son of walt and donna who's like a teenager yeah he goes to like a prep school he wears a uniform yeah he's got his school uniform on mm-hmm. he's like uptight rich boy who yeah is like pampered and always on his phone yes always on his phone the night they, of the party <laughs> <laughs> they describe so several people describe him they just he gets described as a nazi and and an alt-right troll dipshit yeah by meg that's <laughs> <laughs> so great they're like oh yeah he's a nazi douchebag <laughs> he spent all night of the party in the bathroom on his phone which is weird it's super weird but also like i know teenagers that do that, that you're right do that yeah they, yeah they would rather just sit by themselves in a room yeah yeah even i if feel it's like he is the depiction of what a boomer thinks teenagers are now yes and yeah. they just put him into right that kid yeah yeah so yeah he didn't really participate in the party all that much the only way his sort of interaction at the party plays in is that while he was sitting in the bathroom apparently there's a vent in the bathroom mm-hmm. that echoes um from harlan's study or his office i guess and um so he heard snippets of harlan and ransom's argument, argument the night before we learn a lot in these interviews you do as the audience but like i said they like walk outside lieutenant elliot blanc and wagner and Blanc is immediately like, I figured all these people out. Yeah. I figured them out. He asks him, like, why are we looking into this and interviewing people like this right. is a murder? He clearly slit his own throat and yeah. committed suicide. Why are we acting like this is an investigation? And yeah, Blanc reveals that he's been hired. Anonymously. Anonymously. Question for you. Yes. Let's say... You're a musician. Uh-huh. An envelope shows up on your doorstep filled with cash, mm-hmm. like a big old stack of cash. And it just has the time and place of a gig. Do you take it? Um, You know, for me, if I'm a musician, if the gig is a good gig, like if I see it and it's like a notable venue or whatever, or it's like an insane amount of cash, like I would probably take it. But yeah, if it's just like a random place, like if it, you know, right. if it's the sort of venue where I can like look up the venue online and see like, okay, this is a legit place. Yeah. Maybe you could you call, can them. call them. Like yeah. there's ways to verify. But yeah, he just gets sent an envelope full of cash and a newspaper clipping about Harlan's death. And that's it. And he takes on the case. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I assume. He's also a man. I feel like if that showed up at my doorstep, I would be like, this is somebody trying to trick me. If I take this money, they're going to think I owe them something. Yeah. It's going to be some man that's like stalking me. 
No. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, I guess, reads the newspaper article and is intrigued enough where he just is like, I'll go check it out and shows up and starts in on the investigation. And they're like, okay with it because he's kind of famous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Marta gets there and she steps out onto the porch with the two detectives and Benoit Blanc. He immediately... Like, as he's introducing himself to her, it looks like just a normal body language moment. Mm -hmm. He instantly looks down at her feet. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's like a pointed way, but he doesn't say anything about it. Plays it off like... Yeah. It's just a glance. It's a noticeable glance. Is it? I did not recognize it the first time I watched it. And then I was told afterwards that he looks down because it comes back into play. And I'm just like, that little detail yes such a good representation of the whole movie because yeah. every little thing matters right I, yeah i mean i didn't notice it first time because it is played off as like because he like looks he just kind of like glances down naturally yeah. and then you can tell like he notices something and he like kind of pauses and then just keeps on with the conversation and so it's very noticeable once you you know no but yeah, yeah the first time you don't really think anything of it but um what he notices is, is that there's a drop of blood on marta's sneaker mm-hmm. yeah um, so he doesn't bring it up now he doesn't act like anything is suspicious about her um and they kind of I think unofficially questioned her yeah unofficially ask her a few questions out on the porch this isn't her legitimate interview yeah. yet um, one of which is hey marta we hear that when you lie you throw up. <laughs> yes. I don't know how she, like, how the family knows about this. Somebody has told them that she has, like, an extreme gag reflex. To lying. To lying. And just, like, the thought of lying <laughs> makes her want to vomit. Have um, you ever heard of something like that? No. I just kind of suspend my disbelief because it's for the sake of the story that she needs to have this yeah. gag reflex yeah. and this vomiting reflex. And it's, like, canon that she's such a good person. That she just cannot... Stomach, yeah. literally cannot stomach the idea of lying. So, yeah, Benoit Blanc finds out that she has this and immediately is like, is Richard cheating on Linda? <laughs> like, just straight up immediately asks her that. And, um, and it flashes back, like, when he asks her these questions, it flashes back to these cute little scenes between her and Harlan where they're just, like, friends, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, she's you- reading and beautiful scenery, and he's just, like, showing her that his son-in-law is cheating on his daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you get so many little flashbacks with them where you can tell that she wasn't just a nurse. I'm sure she started out like that, but, like, as she puts it, he just needed a friend. His family is so interested, like self-interested in what he can give them that I felt mm-hmm. like he just didn't have anybody that he could just genuinely trust who, right. who wasn't after anything from him. Mm-hmm. They just spent so much time together and got really close. It's so cute. It's very endearing. It's very Ugh. wholesome. She's like, no, they weren't. He wasn't cheating. I don't. Mm-mm, no, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about what? that. And then she vomits. immediately <laughs> turns and vomits into like a pot. <laughs> yeah, so it's true. Yeah. Okay, I looked it up, and there are cases of chronic chronic vomiting, and it's usually got a trigger. Hmm. So it's possible. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. If you have that specific trigger, he immediately is like, "Okay, Richard's cheating on Linda. Yeah. This is confirmed." 
Um, and by doing this, he also figures out that Joni's been double dipping money mm-hmm. and that he was going to cut Walt out of his company. Right. He, so, yeah, he like he, uses Marta. <laughs> yeah. He uses her as literally like a lie detector. Um, and she goes back inside. From all of that, we're going to read an excerpt from the story, like quote from the movie um, that puts the whole evening of the party in chronological order because it's as, very, very important. Yeah. As the police know it. As they, the current investigation understands the events. We know that the party ended around 1130. Marta took Harlan upstairs to give him his meds, the stairs leading up to Harlan's bedroom and his attic office. He's got two offices this is a big house (laughs) it's a really big house you're right the one upstairs is like undeniably better though (laughs) yeah it's it's a really small little like cozy tiny tiny room yeah Yeah. the stairs up there creak horribly and linda is a light sleeper so we know every time someone took the stairs that night i also like sorry (laughs) i'm disrupting myself um i also like that the entire family sleeps there on the night of the party Mm -hmm. i don't think they all live there they like I think, or maybe in from out of town. Perhaps, or they probably, it's like a country estate, so it's probably a good drive back to the city or whatever. And I'm sure that they were drinking at this party, so they probably were like, we'll just stay the night. So yeah, a good good amount of the family is sleeping there this evening. The first was when Joni heard a kathunk from somewhere above her in the house. She's concerned about Harlan, so she goes up to investigate waking Linda. Harlan was in his attic office with Marta. He explained that they had just knocked over the go board. You know that game with the grid and stones? They play it every night. He was fine. Go to bed. So she did. Ten minutes later, Linda wakes up a second time by Marta leaving, coming back down the stairs. Walt was smoking a cigar on the porch with his son, and he sees her leave and drive off, and noted the time, midnight. Fifteen minutes later, Linda's awoken for a third time, a final time, by somebody coming back down the stairs. Harlan, who came down for a midnight snack, uh, Walt, catches him coming down the stairs and tries to discourage him. And based on this, the medical examiner determined that the time of death was about between 12.15 and 2 a.m. Because uh, Walt saw his dad come down the stairs for a minute. As Walt was finishing his cigar at about 12.30, Meg comes home. She went straight up to bed. Walt and Jacob turned in shortly after that. And sometime later that night, it was undetermined, but possible near 3 a.m., Meg woke up because the dogs started barking outside. She used the bathroom and went back to bed. So basically everyone's accounted for. Everyone's got a story. And it all Um, time-wise, like, fits into place. There's no, like, missing pieces or things that don't make sense. Like, it Mm -hmm. all, while the stories were all over the place, logistically, they do line up. Now we get to Marta's official interview. Yeah, where she's in front of the knife wheel. Yeah, she's in front of the (laughs) knife wheel. Which, I want to say, I don't know if you have seen this online or if anybody's pointed it out to you but can i guess yes she's not directly in the center only one person is while they're questioning everyone wait really everybody's off to the side except for the person but that per the culprit never gets officially interviewed right. but whenever he is in front of the knives he's directly in the he's center. directly in the center <gasps> of the knives, which is what? 10 out of 10 <laughs> placement there's so, so many good. layers to this movie yes it's so good um and i noticed one thing later on that i'll bring up when we get to it but okay all right. um yeah so in marta's official interview she's in front of the big knives um yeah she talks about how she and harlan play go every evening she always beats him he can never beat her 
Which is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the night of, of his death, they were goofing around and he pretends there's like an earthquake and like starts shaking the board <laughs> and knocks the whole board Never. over before she can beat him. And yeah, it like clatters to the floor and all the pieces go everywhere. Um, so then Marta gives him his meds. And um, as this is where she no longer is telling the police the truth. It's really cool the way they did this. He asks her what happened. He flips a coin to show that like and then it slows down. So like time has stopped. It flashes back. And then once you learn what happened, it comes back and the coin lands and she tells the police her like fake story. Her fake story yeah. So I you think see, it's such a cool it, like thing. It is. And it's very clear that like what you've seen is like the real story and then the mm-hmm. fake story. Yeah. So yeah. So you're seeing what actually happened when Marta and Harlan were in the study. So yeah. as she's giving him his meds, uh, he starts talking and says, you know, like tonight I cut all the line on all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's like Ransom and Walt and Joni. He regrets his actions on how he brought them up and their their upbringing, yeah. how he raised them to be They're such snooty, terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Really um, he does say, yeah. I could have been kinder to Linda and Ransom. And he says, oh, Ransom, confident, stupid, playing life like a game without consequence until you can't tell the difference between a stage prop and a real knife. So as Harlan is talking, Marta goes to give him his second medication and she looks at the bottle and she realizes that she has given him a hundred milligrams of morphine on accident. And she was supposed to give him three. His normal dose is three milligrams and she has just dosed him a hundred milligrams on accident because fatal. she grabbed the wrong bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. a there's basically a, a third drug called naloxone or naloxone that she keeps in her medical kit which its purpose is to counteract overdoses of morphine. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a life-saving antidote for that. But she can't it find it missing from her medical bag. Oh, she can't scene. find it. It is. It is. A, a, it's heartbreaking. It's an awful scene. Like it it's, is. It's the, heartbreaking. Um, would you say the actress's name was for Marta? Uh, Ana de Armas. She does amazing. Yes. She does so good in the scene. She's like bawling and like the you, panic, the panic. Yes. It. But like she, she refuses it. to admit that it's missing and she looks for like entirely too long for this yeah. missing medication when it's like it's clear it's not there. Yeah. And Harlan's watching her looking for it and he's just mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm gonna I'm die. Gonna like die. there's no saving me. And she's like, Okay, well, I can't find it. I'll call an ambulance. And yeah. he's like, No. He's like, We're out in the country. It's gonna take at least fifteen yeah. minutes for an ambulance yeah. to get here. Like, how long is it gonna take for this morphine to kill me? And she's like, You ten have minutes. like maximum ten minutes. Yeah. And like two or three minutes yeah. have passed, right? Of them mm-hmm. freaking out, looking for this medication. It's so. so horrible. And and then he like grabs her shoulders, and he's like, "Think of your mom." Yeah. And when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, "No," <laughs> <laughs> because they're immigrants. You never find out where from. <laughs> they say all the family says that she's from like five different places. Mm-hmm. Man, I watched this with my friends for a movie night once and he was like writing in the chat in all caps, but where is she actually from? <laughs> yeah. You never find out. Yeah, they all say like, oh, we love Marta. She's part of the family. Her family's from Ecuador. And then the next person says like, oh, they're from Paraguay. Paraguay. And you're just like, okay, so they don't actually they don't care enough to learn anything no. about her or her family. Yeah. They just like, they, they want like to be like, a champion of the immigrant, even though they're not. Right. And they yeah. like to appear like they care. Yeah, exactly. But, but anyways, so they immigrated and her mom is still undocumented in this country. 
Um, and so Harlan is like, if it comes out that you have killed me, even accidentally, she could be deported and your family will be yeah, broken Yeah, your family is going to be looked into. Like, it'll it'll come to light. She's yeah. going to be deported. Um, and it is because of that that Marta goes along with Harlan's crazy, wacky-ass plan. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a mystery writer. Well, it, actually, okay, so... Literally, when she first realizes that she overdosed him with morphine and that she grabbed the wrong bottle, this man, after just learning that he's probably going to die from an overdose, he writes it because she's like, he doesn't realize that the antidote is missing yet. So he's like, oh, you know, like she's looking for the antidote. He's like, this is actually a really good way to murder somebody. And he gets out a notebook and is like writing a note down to like, I'll use this in my next book. So he's like, Nice little detail. Yeah. So when he does kind of realize that he's going like, to oh, die, I'm actually going to die, he um, comes up with a true murder mystery writer level, yeah, like hijinks plan. Wow, it's involved. And he comes up with it so fast. Immediately, this would take me at least an hour to sit down and like, yeah, figure out the logistics. And then there would be holes. Oh yeah, there's yeah. no holes. He does it. Yeah. So yeah. So he instantly comes up with a plan. He tells her. Go downstairs and say goodbye as loudly as you can. Call attention to the time if you can. Drive out the gate and then to avoid the security cameras, pull off the road before the carved elephant. This is cool. So there's like a little sequence going on as it's going. But from Marta's perspective, as she's trying to do it after he has already killed himself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like in her mind, she's like, did he say after? Did he say before? Be, a- be after four. Be after four, yeah. <laughs> and so she decides it's before, which, Marta, come on. Yeah. It's different. Why would it be before? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. He says, yeah, pull off, park, and come back on foot up to the house and take the side yard up through the gate. Um, the dogs know you. They won't bark. They won't get mad at you. And you have to get up to the third floor without being seen. And the only way to do that with this, like, clue murder house (laughs) is she has to climb up a side trellis and come in through a window that looks like it's up on the third floor but like from the inside of the house that window doesn't exist yeah it just looks like the end of a hallway yeah um which apparently is from one of his books she comes in through this trick hall window which is just like a a trick door Mm -hmm. panel in the end of the hallway but Um, as she's climbing she breaks off a piece of the trellis uh once you're inside you have to get harlan's robe and his cap from his bedroom, put them on. Walt is smoking outside and he'll see you through the glazed window. So she has to creep downstairs, like shrouded uh-huh. in his oh, clothes. Harlan's clothes. Yeah. So that like, he thinks that it's his dad. Yeah. And then turn around, go back upstairs. You were seen leaving. So the security cameras show you driving off. And 20 minutes later, I'm seen alive and well by my son. So you see, you've gone from suspect number one to an impossibility. Leave the way you came. Back down the trellis, back through the secret window. Don't be seen. When she's climbing back down, though, so she, like, hops off of the trellis and she, like, looks in this giant window at the foot of it on the ground. And Harlan's mother, Juanetta, who we didn't really talk about, she's, like, she's a million years old. She's ancient. <laughs> they, ask, they ask Linda, how old is Harlan's mother? And she goes, nobody knows. <laughs> she goes, we, none of us know. Who knows? She says like four things in the whole movie. Yeah. But so she sees Marta and she goes, Ransom, are you back again already? (laughs) And Marta's just like, oh my God. And so she just like walks away. Yep. 
She drives home. Harlan tells her sometime in the next few days, the police will question you, tell fragments of the truth because we know she can't lie. Mm -hmm. And he tells her exactly what to say in this order. So then it, so then it cuts back to the present. The coin falls. Such a good cinematic idea. Yes. And she says, you can tell she's like super nervous. Mm -hmm. She says, I took him upstairs. We played our nightly game of go. At some point he knocked the board over and Joni came up to check on us. I gave him pain medication because he pulled his shoulder last week and I left him in a study at midnight. I said goodbye to Walt, went home, which all is true. All is true. It so has to she, be because she wouldn't be able to lie. Yeah. She still like runs to the bathroom after this and pukes, but well, like she's able to hold it. Yeah. Because it's not an outright lie. Yeah. It's all just like half truth. Yeah. yeah. God. But then after, oh my God. Then after that, she's like, you know, in the bathroom vomiting and she has another flashback to that night. She like walks out the door of his office and you can like see it in her mind where she's like, this is absolutely insane. I can't do this. I cannot do this. There's no way like this plan you've hatched is crazy. Like there's no way I can pull this off. There's no way that I can like ethically do this right like, morally do this yeah i just can't and she because she's a good person yep mm-hmm. and she immediately like turns around to go back in the study to tell him like no i i can't do this we have to like come clean and say yeah. like what really happened and as soon as she walks <sighs> in the door he's on the couch a knife he, to his throat i don't he says something like you got this yeah and he kills himself in front of her yeah just slits his own throat in front of her and she like gasps turns and like just back to the door, like dry yeah. heaving and like hyperventilating, and she has to go through with this plan. She had like the, she what other to. choice do you have at this he's point? He's already done it, he's, and so like he's already you know thought it all out for her. And at this point, if he's already killed himself and there's no saving him, then what else is she gonna do? Yeah, and her mom is on the line, so she yeah she goes through with it. She does. She has that amazing scene on the stairs where she's like she just watched her friend kill himself she's got this like face like of utter shock and like uh, she's so upset and then she like resolves mm-hmm. into determination you you watch the like realization that like she doesn't really have another path forward here mm-hmm. i mean she does but like if if she's gonna yeah. spare her mom in this situation which was the whole point of this yeah and if she doesn't he killed himself for nothing yeah mm-hmm. you know so like which is probably why he like did it even while she was there yeah so she's such a good actress (laughs) it's heartbreaking she gets back home so we're back to present day Mm -hmm. she she you know she finishes her round of questioning with the police and and goes home there's a really sweet scene with her on the couch with her mom watching tv you can tell that she's like in shock me just like yeah yeah but she hugs her mom and she's sitting there on the couch and the camera slowly zooms in on her sneaker and that is when the audience learns she has a spot of blood on her shoe yep that benoit has already noticed and taken logged that away (laughs) yeah (laughs) but he didn't like jump to any conclusions or or which i love on it right there yeah he wasn't he didn't be like what's this which i feel like the two ding dong detectives would absolutely have been like uh (laughs) yeah right (laughs) what's that you know instead of trying to learn Mm. he gets the measure of her very quickly yes he does we flash forward to the <laughs> memorial service and Fran, the housekeeper, is telling Marta how she, 
Fran's a big murder mystery fan. She is. Yeah. She, uh, and she's, she's like got the crazy eyes, she, man. <laughs> she, really she really has the crazy eyes. And she um, is telling Marta all about how she can't believe that Harlan killed himself and she yeah. thinks something fishy is going on which Marta is just like oh yeah. my god please yeah don't. she's like shut up <laughs> I've, got, I know, I've got this cousin in the medical examiner's office and she says that crazy stuff like this does happen and there was that one time in that one movie where the woman was poisoning her husband over a long period of like she's chatterbox gossip like a mile a minute speaking and Marta is just like oh my god yeah like, please <laughs> so Marta remembers the night of the party we flash back in her memory Ugh, um, i hate this scene yeah the family is having a discussion and it's one of those discussions mm-hmm. where i would melt into the wall yes, and just be like please the fuck out literally, of here like i would rather be anywhere else it's and, like imagine you're i don't know democratic liberal progressive and you're in a room with your family who is all very conservative Republican. And yeah. it's like the capitalist drastic like, yeah. differences in the two of you. And they are having a discussion about immigration. Immigration. And Marta's sitting there. They call Marta over and she, you can tell she hesitates because she's like, I don't want to be the like token good And that's immigrant. exactly what she is. Yeah. And moment. they bring her over and they're like, but Marta, we like you because you did it the right way. Right. You did it the legal way. Meanwhile, she's sitting there like, my mom's undocumented. Yeah. Like, like she doesn't. They know nothing about her. They, yeah, they just don't care. Um, no. So she she kind of walks off with Meg. Meg kind of waves her over, and Marta and Meg and Fran uh, was Fran with them when they go smoke weed. Fran, yeah, yeah Fran and Fran a... and Meg. Yeah. So yeah. they they go off with Fran, and uh, she has a secret stash of weed in the house. In like this cute little clock with yeah. like a bunch of joints. Very in it. Nancy Drew. <laughs> like, Very Nancy Drew to have a secret compartment in a little <laughs> clock on the on the mantle, not filled with weed, but you know. Yeah. So Meg and Fran smoke. Marta doesn't partake, and it's like just so gross. Like that's when Walt comes over because Meg Meg I think genuinely likes Marta. Yeah. And she's like, Walt, come over here. Like, tell her what we talked about. And Walt is like, makes this, you know, big show of being like, we want to take care of you financially because we care about you You're so much. You're part of this family and Blech. we want to take care of you. And it, it's so just over the top, self-indulgent. I'm, yeah. I'm just so gracious for doing this. This is, is like basically big, charity. You're welcome. Yeah, it's very... It's gross. It's awful. And no one, no one is like, I know that you are friends with him. Yeah, nobody. Are you okay? Nobody asks her how she's yeah. doing at all. I nobody think except shows, for Meg, right at the beginning of the movie, she asks, how are you? She's the only one. Meanwhile, Marta is just overwhelmed because she's like, I killed him. And now you're telling me you're going to take care of me financially. Like, this is too much. So she's like, I have to go outside. <laughs> So she steps out for some fresh air and Blanc is sitting out on the patio mm-hmm. and uh, she doesn't see him at first, but he he kind of startles her. And yeah, like he's gotten a measure of her, but he knows she's probably involved somehow because she has oh, this yeah. blood on her shoe. He knows. And so he wants to keep her close and he tells her he wants to help out in the investigation because he has just seen her kind her kind heart. Her kind heart. He really I trust shoes. your kind heart. <laughs> and Marta's just like, oh my Shit. God, please, like, 
cannot get away from this. No. So like, oh, you can tell she's just, it's just like yeah. one thing after another piling on top of like the panic on top of the yeah. panic on top of the panic <laughs> on top of the stress. Poor Marta. She handles it really well. Oh, I would, I would be. Oh no, in shambles. Oh, There's yeah. no way. Well, I would be high at this point because I wouldn't have turned down the Oh the yeah, weed. no. <laughs> get me blazed out of my mind. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. the next morning she and Blanc go to the security, I guess like base for the house, yeah. which is this tiny little like outbuilding. Yeah. This on old the guy that this ancient man with this ancient equipment and he's like (laughs) they walk in and he's like yeah we updated to this new system a couple years ago and it's all like like vhs VHS. (laughs) and old like giant tvs and stuff and they're like oh great oh my gosh um so like it they show the camera in question and it's got the elephant in it that she was she thought that she was supposed to pull off before, but she sees it and she was like, obviously I was supposed to pull off after, which like, I know you were in panic mode, Marta, but like, come on. Yeah. Pull off like further away from the house. I mean, right. Yeah. So anyways, she realizes that the footage is going to show her pulling off the road, getting out of her car and running back <laughs> toward the house, which looks really guilty, <laughs> really questionable. And so, yeah, Blanc asks her to like, rewind it and play it again or something like that and so she's you know manipulating mm-hmm. the tape and as she's pressing the buttons and stuff the she video it and it starts smoking yeah the um <laughs> the tape just like messes up and ejects and everybody's like oh it's fried we don't know what happened she's so clever because you know blanc is like can we get this to an actual lab where they can like give the footage off of it with like modern technology right and marta takes a magnet off of like a nearby file cabinet she fries the tape and so they're like well shit okay um so they're trying to like kind of explore the grounds more they're walking back up to the house and they're going through that side gate entrance that she Mm -hmm. snuck back in Mm -hmm. um but it's muddy Mm -hmm. it was muddy the night of and so her footprints from the night all over are still there yeah and she sees them first yes so she again so smart yes she's like fuck these are my footprints so she walks directly back over them yeah she like kind of surges ahead like like she's walking faster than the group gets like all the way up to the gate before benoit blanc sees the mud and he's like wait nobody stop (laughs) nobody move on the mud and she's She's like like, what i I can't hear you he's like don't step on the mud and so she she's like what i I can't hear you and she like stomps back through the mud (laughs) that she just walked through so yeah all the footprints in there kind of yeah which she's it's so smart and then the dogs also like run through it and as they're like figuring it out one of the dogs brings marta the broken piece of the trellis that she had broken off that yes. night. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's in the background. Uh-huh. Um, the shot is Benoit Blanc looking at the house. And in the background, you see a dog run up to Marta. And you see her look down and she's like, oh, my God, it's the piece of the trellis. And then it goes back to the wide shot. And you just see her in the background, like, panicking. And then she just launches. She throws it. She just throws it out, like, away. And she's like, I don't know what to do with this. And just throws it away. It's very good physical comedy. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. They go check out um, Harlan's study. This is the study upstairs, the tiny yeah. one where mm-hmm. he died in. Blanc puts the the go board, go board on the ottoman that they were playing on yeah. and like intentionally knocks it off. 
and it just and like kind of like, like clump clump like yeah, it's like a like little barely any sound it's not like a big thunk noise yeah. that Joni would have heard that she came right. up and checked up on on Harlan and Marta so mm-hmm. Benoit's like huh okay mm-hmm. well what was the big thunk noise right you know like he's he's figuring out okay like it's not the board okay so then it kind of cuts like it goes back to the investigation in a little bit but in the meantime the family is all gathered together today for the will reading mm-hmm and Ransom shows up for the will reading. He hasn't been in the movie literally yet. Right. Hasn't hasn't been shown up to be questioned yeah. by the police. Wasn't at the funeral. Did not come the to memorial. the memorial. Didn't come to the house after. No. Like, yeah, like has been involved 0%. But the day of the will reading, here he is. Yeah. Um, so mm. you see him roll up to the house in his like vintage car. And yeah. uh, the dogs like lose their minds. He shoves the dogs off and comes inside. And I mean, granted, he's played by Chris Evans. So he's charming and like he's slimy. But like yeah. you like he seems to have more humanity than the yes, rest of the family. He does. He's less of a stereotype and more more like a person. Yeah. And he 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 openly like criticizes his family for uh-huh. being stuck up assholes and yeah. pretending that they're better than everybody mm-hmm. else. And like he acknowledges that like, yeah, I'm a rich asshole, but like I don't yeah. act like that to other people. Like yeah. I treat people, you know, which again, not but really. You just doesn't. think you do. He thinks he does because he makes the help call him Hugh. He treats them like I think right after the scene, Fran storms outside and calls him an asshole. Yeah. So like he's not nice. But he is self oh, more self-aware than the other ones. Yeah, I think that's the the key thing is that he at least he acknowledges yeah. what nobody else in this family will acknowledge. So yeah. you're a little bit like, okay, well, maybe he's not as bad as the rest of them. And um, then it comes out that... Because the whole family is like, oh, so you don't come to the funeral, but you show up for the will reading. Mm-hmm. You What's prick. that about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you asshole. Um, but then Walt is like, yeah, but we have insider information from my son, Jacob. <laughs> Who was in the bathroom <laughs> was in all the bathroom night. <laughs> and heard the fight between Ransom and Harlan on the night of his birthday. And so he just says that he heard the words, my will, and Ransom say, I'm warning you. Mm-hmm. And they kind of deduce that Harlan told Ransom he was getting cut out of the will. Um, And he confirms it. He said, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Which is not untrue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the family's like, it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. And the family just instantly, like, erupts into an argument. (laughs) Like They're like, even his parents are like, this is good for you. And he's like, eat shit. Eat shit. shit. (laughs) And then they all just like... Go for each other. Yeah. This like that's this is what I mean by like you get endeared to ransom because he's just sitting there uh-huh. eating cookies and then everybody starts yelling at everybody and he just oh like God. eat shit, eat shit. It's it's great. There's it's a like, part in this where um I I mean I hate Jacob, the you know, Nazi kid, but um Meg says alt-right troll and he just like looks down his phone and mutters liberal snowflake and i died laughing i thought that was so funny that's um, so good yeah i mean they're everybody in this movie is a trope it a, is a trope yes. on a trope on a trope exactly and, yeah it's yeah and then oh right after that walt goes i don't know what any of that means <laughs> it's like a, such a modern day mystery mm-hmm. blanc and marta head outside and this is when fran storms out 
and mutters asshole and they don't know who she's referring to or anything like that that's true as they're standing outside one of the dog runs up to Blanc and brings him the trellis it's now a fetch game yeah he's like oh (laughs) you throw i go get it which leads Blanc over to the trellis Mm -hmm. and leads him to the trick door in the upstairs hallway and they notice that there's mud on the carpet, on the rug in mm-hmm. the hallway, meaning somebody snuck into the house. Yep. Yeah. And I love that he goes, the game is afoot. A Watson. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah. So then the family is told that they all need to stay in town um, because they are now exploring the death as a homicide officially. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. So it is time for the executor of the will to read the will. Um, and it turns out that Harlan altered his will one week before he died and he left everything, which includes the house, $60 million and ownership of the publishing company. Holy shit. To Marta. Just alone $60 million. Yeah. I mean, any one of those things. <laughs> any one of those things. Would stress me the fuck out. <laughs> But all of them is like, (laughs) I feel like I would instantly have a panic attack, which she basically does. But like she does. She keeps it together better than I would have. Yeah. Ransom immediately is like, (laughs) he like busts out laughing because literally like minutes ago he was saying he'd been cut out of the will and the whole family was like, oh, this will be good for you. Mm. It'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And then as soon as they all find out that they have been cut out, he's like, like he's like oh oh, this is amazing like which truly like from his perspective it would be like so sweet and so satisfying to like see them all figure it out yeah but unfortunately for marta like this family is like very slowly like it's sinking in and they're like what the hell were you sleeping with him yeah they like instantly turn on her yeah no questions asked don't even think to ask her anything just yeah. instantly turn on her and hound her. And she, to the point where she has to like flee from the yeah, house. She runs away. She runs out to her car and tries to leave, but she drives kind of like a beater of a car and it won't turn over. And so the family is like surrounding the car, knocking on her doors and stuff. And Ransom pulls up, honks his horn and is like, and like motions like, get in my yeah. car. Come on, let's go. And so she's like, fuck it. Like, and because he yeah. like at least is not angry with her. Yeah, like, right. He laughed and walked He's out. trying to save her. Yeah. So she gets in the car with Ransom and they drive off. And yeah. as they're pulling <laughs> away, he leans out of his window and says, I think this could be the best thing to happen to all of you. <laughs> Which <laughs> honestly, so like good. another reason to like Ransom, because like that'd be me. They're stunned faces. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't blame him at all here. Can you imagine just like taking a job? And you become friends with your boss and then he leaves you more money and assets that you could ever dream of. And you didn't even think that he would be you would be in the will in the first place. Right. You didn't you weren't expecting anything. And inherently being somebody's nurse in this situation, like their passing in some way is related to you because right. you know yeah, yeah they, they might have been going anyway but like you're, you're the one caring for their health right it's clear it's like it was never even crossed her mind that she would ever be left anything even if so much as like a book like yeah. she was clearly not expecting any of this and um i can't imagine like i've i've no. seen people have to deal with wills and estates before and like it is overwhelming even if yeah. you're benefiting from it and yeah. like it is 
not an enviable position to be in at all. Especially if everyone else that thought they were going to get a chunk of it. Oh, it gets so ugly. Like family members turn on each other so quickly with this sort of thing. Money, Um, man. It makes people go crazy. Yeah. We, we cut to possibly the coziest. Oh my God. Movie scene in the world like i've like <laughs> this movie scene is like when i think of like somewhere where i want to just like be sometimes yes. it's this movie scene. oh my god we are so in sync i wrote in my notes so cozy i wish i was there right now yes. <laughs> it's they're in this little like diner it's clearly cold outside the yeah. windows are like fogged up a little bit <sighs> everything's like warm and wooden mm. Ransom is in this like, like sweater, this like white cable, the famous, I'm, I mean, this sweater like yeah. made the rounds on the internet after this movie because Chris <laughs> Evans wearing this white cable <laughs> sweater is like a thing. He orders her uh, like a bowl of chili uh, and it just looks so comfortable <sighs> and they are like kind of taking solace in each other knowing that like the whole family's mm-hmm. pissed off at them right now. Yeah. And like they're kind they're of drink. the only two they're... people on each other's side yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He totally gives off i'm a nice guy mm-hmm. yeah, he pretends to like that this whole thing yeah. has given him peace yeah. of mind and he is like seeing things for yeah. what they really are now i've got clarity now i like what because he realized that he was going to be cut out days ago right. like a week ago so he's had time to process yeah. this right whereas the rest mm-hmm. of the family just found out um but <laughs> so yeah so they talk and he you know they're having this conversation and she eats her whole bowl of chili and then he says Tell me the truth. I know you'll puke up if you lie. You just ate a whole bowl of chili. What happened That's to my grandpa? Suck to throw up. I know you don't want to do that. And she's like, "You asshole." Yes. It's so like it's a. I mean, well played. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So cut to the family. So while they're at their little cozy diner and he's demanding the truth from her, it cuts back to the family who are arguing with the executor of the will. Mm-hmm. Which poor guy, <laughs> like. He had to give some really bad news and they're just like coming at him. He's like, this is not my fault. I mean, yeah, like I'm just don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) I'm literally just reading what he said to say, you know. But the family is like trying to find out all of these exceptions, some way to make it reverse and go back to the way it was before he changed it to give everything to Marta. Mm -hmm. And they learn that if Marta is held responsible for Harlan's death in any way, not if she killed them killed him if in any way she was responsible for it then the change would be void Mm. so they would get all of their earnings back yeah you see there's a scene where um meg who like so far has been yeah pretty like a pretty empathetic character you see her telling her mom Joni, like look if he left everything to marta like that's what we should do like yeah that's what he wanted that every he wanted it like that's what should happen if that's what he wanted which is like i love her for that yes but then she turns Joni, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. But then Joni says, okay, well, if that happens, I can no longer pay for your school and you will not be able yeah. to. I'm broke, basically. Right. Like, yeah. Which is all Joni's fault. Yeah. Like, where is the $400,000 a year going, Joni? Yeah. To her, like, goop company that she started. <laughs> right. She has, like, a skincare, yeah. like, a yeah. new bullshit skincare company. Yeah, we, we get a scene where, where Meg calls Marta, and she, Marta's in the, the diner with, with Ransom, and she answers the phone, and Meg really, like, frankly and very, like, openly and humbly asks yeah. for Marta to, like, help her pay for school. 
Yeah. And Marta is like, of course, like, I will take care of you. I don't want anybody to like suffer from this. I want to take care of you. Like, I want to help you through school. Of course, like, right. no problem. But that inadvertently told Meg that she's not going to renounce the inheritance and she's going to keep it. Yeah. So then it cuts back to her on the phone. And this is such like a really aesthetically pleasing scene, like very framed well, where she gets off the phone, she turns around and the entire family is like stacked in the background yes. watching her. They've all been, they, they all knew she was making this phone call. They all were listening. Mm -hmm. It was all like a farce. A like ruse. Yes. And so this is the other thing that I noticed while we were oh, watching. Oh, okay. All right. Was the, the entire time you see Meg while she's on the phone with Marta, the way the lighting is, there's a strip of light across her face and it yeah. looks like she's wearing a mask the whole time she's on the phone <gasps> with her. And I was like, that's so clever because she turns around and the mask is lifted and it's like, oh, the whole family was in on this conversation. Oh my God. It's another really like clever, <gasps> like framing lighting thing that they did. I, I think it's so good. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every single scene is so intentional. Yes. So many details that you will pick up on Gosh. again and again. Um, Anyways, so it cuts back to the diner and Marta has told Ransom everything. Yeah, the full truth. So right after she finishes, he's like very thoughtful and he says, I always thought I was the only one who could beat him at go. I always thought that meant something. That night of the party, my last conversation with him, that last argument, that's what he told me about you. That you beat him at go more than I do. And I thought... What a strange thing to tell me. I think I get it now. Maybe it did mean something. I really like that quote. Yeah, it's good. It's very vague and yeah. it plays one way and then plays another way, you know? Yeah. Because um, after you find out what happens, there's a lot of layers to that because he is processing what she told him from her perspective because it's not what he thinks happened. Mm -hmm. He thinks she's telling him this story and he thinks he knows the real truth within her story. Yeah. He thinks she's telling him her truth. Right. But he thinks he knows more yeah. about the truth than what she's than telling she him. Than she does. Yeah. So. yeah. so he immediately is like, you're not going to give up the money. We're going to figure this out. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you fight them. Yeah. But the but. caveat is that you're going to give me my share of the inheritance when it's all yeah. said and done. So yeah. Cause she's like, why would you help me? Right. And he was like, I want my money. Shit. I want it. <laughs> but it's less money than you'll have to deal with if you deal with all of them. So. Right. Yeah. And she's, I think at this point, she takes him up on it because she's been alone, solely and 100% alone through she's this whole thing. Dealing with this totally alone. Yeah. yeah. And nobody else knows the real truth. No. But now Ransom does. And his reaction to it is sympathetic. He doesn't mm -hmm. instantly accusing, accuse her of like malpractice and murdering his mm -hmm. grandfather. Like he... There's got to be a lot of relief that happens within her. Yes. Which it is a little suspicious that he doesn't instantly be like, you're what an idiot. I can't believe you would mix up the medications. That's true. You're right. It's I think as the audience, you're like, oh, he's just very money driven. Mm -hmm. He's just like, whatever. I know how to get my share. out of Yeah. This. Yeah. But you're right. It is super sus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So they decide to work together. Uh, and poor Marta, the next day she wakes up at her house and the press is just Ugh. swarming her house. I know. It, poor somebody, her mom. Yeah. Her, somebody uh, has leaked that she has received this huge inheritance because he's a famous yeah. writer. 
he's a semi-celebrity, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So, like, it's a big death that has affected mm-hmm. this community. And, like, it's a big deal that he's died. And that they know there's, there's, like, a huge estate to be had. And then when mm-hmm. it finds out, like, when the public finds out, it's all going to his nurse. Right. It's a big it's new a story. story. It's yeah. a big story. And her, there's a scene with her and her mom where her mom is, like, scared. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't like this. Why are there so many people here? And it just, it really highlights immigration in america where there these people and these families live in constant fear Mm. of people asking too many questions and like prying into their lives because they don't know what can happen to them Mm -hmm. and so even though it's something good that's happened it's really like it doesn't feel that way it feels like something terrible and tragic has happened because Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna bring attention to them yeah it's it's heartbreaking to see with her mom it's really Mm -hmm. sad yeah, but she hands her a like stack of papers that a bunch of lawyers have dropped off, like mail and business cards. And, you know, people mm. are like, you have a bunch of money now. So let me try to take some of that. Yeah, let me help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's like when people win the lottery, there's like all of those scammers and like people that come out of the woodworks oh, to try yeah. to take advantage from of you. Of, oh, from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of me is like, yeah, it'd be cool to win the lottery. But then the other part of me is like, oh my God, that'd be so stressful. Oh yeah. I mean, statistically lottery winners do terribly. Yeah. The statistics on that are really actually quite sad. A lot of them end up with like horrible lives because they just don't know how to manage the money and mm-hmm. they run their lives into the ground. <laughs> it's all, it's very sad. Right. Yeah. But Marta sneaks out the back entrance of their apartment um and Walt is waiting for her in the hallway. He is so creepy in mm-hmm. this scene with his cane. Yeah. He's so creepy. Okay, so he's played by Ray Liotta who is one of those actors who has all of his roles are like this. Well, not all of them, but like he has so many roles where he plays a character. He just has a face that that's can be very menacing. Yeah. He's cast that way a lot where like he's a character that's not necessarily bad. But you're the whole time, you're just like, but this guy, I don't know. Like he may, he's unnerving. Yeah. And yeah, I he, think if he was in my actual real life family, he would make me very uncomfortable. Yeah. He, he just, and he really turns it up for this. Scene. He does. He, he towers creepy. over her yeah. and like gets really close to her. Oh, it's unpleasant. Yes. Uh, so he threatens her and says like, if you don't renounce the inheritance, like, we're going to come after you. Like, bad yeah. things will happen. He threatens her mom directly. Yeah, he does. He, yeah. Uh, and it turns out that Meg knew about Marta's mom being undocumented. And that Meg and told them had, after the phone call tells the family <sighs> that her mom is undocumented. So, yeah. Which Walt, at this point, you're like, man, I thought like, I, I really wanted Meg. to I like really you, I really wanted Meg. you to be the good one. <laughs> nope. She's Damn just it, Meg. <laughs> just as bad as the rest of them. She finds out Marta's not giving up the inheritance. Yeah. Turns on her instantly. Turns on her. Yep. And he's like, but if you renounce it, we'll help you. We'll use all of our resources and lawyers to get you out of this situation. And she has the perfect response. I love her so much. <laughs> she goes, well, um, seeing as I'm the inheritor of everything, they're my resources and lawyers now. So I will use those to help me. Thank you very much. And like scoots back into her house. <laughs> Mike, drop. Yes, it's so good. Like... Uh, I am such a wuss and this would absolutely oh, no. have like scared the shit out of me. Oh, no. And I feel like I would have folded would run away probably. way before this, <laughs> honestly. Like Just I would not have held spread. out this long at all. But no. like instantly as somebody as soon as somebody directly threatens me, I'd be like, Okay, you can have it. Like I don't want it. 
Like, but she's she's got a backbone, and I love it. She really comes into her own throughout the story. Like at the beginning, you're like, it kind of seems like she's easily manipulated. Like she's too nice. But as this progresses and she's gone through more and more shit, I think she really finds strength in herself. Yeah. To her eyes are lifted more and more to how terrible these people are. (laughs) Yes. And she's too nice to them at the beginning. Yeah. And like you see her start to realize that like these are horrible people. Yeah. And they are showing no compassion or empathy. They don't care about Harlan. They don't. She's just so put off by all of them. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, And she stands up to them, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. She walks back into the house. She's still holding this big stack of papers and she looks down and there's a just a blank envelope in the stack of papers. And she's like, okay, obviously this is weird. She pulls it out, opens it, and it's a scanned copy of the toxicology report from Harlan's. But only the top of it. Yes. It's just like the header. Yeah. Um, and then underneath that it says, I know what you did, which it Looks real bad. Like that's a, another another direct threat. Um, I don't know how she hasn't like had a stroke or fainted. Or, I know. <laughs> like the stress of it all, right. would be overwhelming. Yeah. So she takes it to her only ally. She takes it over to Ransom. Mm-hmm. They start trying to figure out what to do about this. And yeah. in the meantime, uh, this, I love this scene. This scene is so. This scene is where you really get a human side of Blanc because so yes. far he's been like this, like absurdly over-the-top detective (laughs) character who's just like (laughs) but he genuinely is like a human being in the scene um and he is talking to harlan's mother winetta trying his best to get her side of the story but he opens up the conversation by genuinely asking her how she is and Mm -hmm. he points out that like yeah i don't think anybody's asked you how you're doing your son just died she just lost her son and no one even talks to her. Nobody even talks about yeah. her. Nobody cares. No. They pretend like she's not there. And granted, she's ancient and doesn't say she anything. She doesn't talk. Yeah. I wrote it down because I just, I love the writing of this scene all the way through. He says, he asks her not to think too harshly of your family. If I am, as I suspect, the first to console you. And then he's like, but they're young, aren't they? They're like selfish. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't see her talking to him. They just, like, sit and have this moment of silence. And he's like, it's cool. I'll wait. Take your time. Yeah. I love it so much. He's like, yeah, we don't actually have to talk. He's like, I can just sit here with you. Yeah. He's like, oh. (laughs) It's so good. It's such a good scene. It's another really good, like, insight into him and his character and who who he actually is as a person. Mm -hmm. Cut back to Ransom and Marta. They're figuring shit out. And so Ransom is like... We need to go down to the medical examiner's office and get the actual toxicology report because it's like the only thing that can clear you. And clearly someone there is blackmailing you because it came from there, et cetera, et cetera. So they go down to the office. It has burnt down. It is actively burning down when they get (laughs) there. And they're like, it's still on fire. It's still on fire. The fire department's there and they're like, um. (laughs) Um. pull up and they like duck yeah <laughs> like oh shit yeah because like what can you imagine no. like you know i can't if you're in this situation you know it's like okay this this cannot be a coincidence but you roll up and you're like but who what? but who Why? else is going around what burning is going on <laughs> it's so confusing just be it like, is <gasps> And as the audience at this point, it's confusing. You're like, why would someone do that yeah. if they're trying to frame her? Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't make any sense to you. Um, but 
Ransom puts it together that he's like, but that means that evidence is destroyed. And the only person that knows that you're guilty is the person that's trying to blackmail you. Right. The person who says, I know it was you. Yeah. So he's like, well, did you get any other information from them? She's like, no, it's just this letter. And he's like, well, no, like phone calls or texts or emails. And she's like, no. And then she's like, well, wait, I haven't like checked my email because obviously her life has like been a little stressful the past few days. She didn't just sit down and check her media. Yeah. So she does have a, an unread email um, and it has a time and place set up for a meeting. It's like um, in a little downtown abandoned laundromat, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah. Just an old abandoned building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, the meeting time is like half an hour from now. Yeah. And so they're like, well, shit, let's we go. We gotta go. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Blanc sees them because they didn't really do very well. No, and they're themselves. driving Marta's distinctive, like, beat-up car. Yeah. And so they, like, try to get away quickly, but Blanc clearly notices them. And so the cops straight up chase <laughs> them. squeals out, and there's this, like, ridiculous, stupid guard scene chase that is meant to be ridiculous and yes, stupid. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but she ends, up, she ends up downtown. They park, and they think they've lost the cops. And so she and Ransom are sitting there like, okay, we'll wait a little bit and then we'll go back out and try and get to the to the ransom location, to the the meeting location. Yeah. But the cops find them. They catch them. Like immediately. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And poor Marta is just like, oh, no, they're here. And they get there and they arrest for ransom. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, you can go and just let her go. And she's like, what? (laughs) I can imagine. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is happening? And it's because... So Blanc tells Marta, it's because I talked to Juanetta and she saw him climbing the trellis. And in Marta's mind, she's like, that was me. But she thought it was ransom shit. But she's this is Marta's only like she's no longer totally innocent. She's not totally innocent. Yes, because she doesn't correct him in her mind. She thinks that that's right. She's like, oh, God, like it wasn't ransom. It was me. Yeah, she saw me. She called me ransom, but yeah, she doesn't correct Blanc. No. She lets him think this. She lets she ransom. Get she arrested. does get back in her car and vomit into a cup. <laughs> she does, and then yeah. Blanc kind of surprises her by just like hopping in the front seat, and he's like, "I'll uh-huh. ride with you back to the house." Yeah, but she's like, "But can I um can I, I just make need to a pick stop something up? First? Can I make a stop?" <laughs> and he's like, "Sure, yeah, that's fine." He's He's chill. He's not like, no, it's like thinking out loud, trying to process all of this. Yeah. She goes to the meetup location and she walks in and she's alone. Blanc stays in the car and she finds Fran in there tied up. Creepy as hell. Yeah. There's a good jump scare here where it's like Fran's face is shrouded in in shadow. And when Marta finally like shines her phone light on it, there's a big ass spider (laughs) on her face. Like, oh, and it looks like she's dead. Yeah, Um, it does look like she's dead. She is alive, but dying from an overdose of morphine, which is still on the ground, as well as Marta's medical bag that has been missing throughout this. Like Marta immediately jumps into action and tries to help her. But then there's that really creepy scene where it like zooms in on Fran's face and she goes, you did this. You won't get away with this. Yeah, and because she's like dying, but Marta is like trying to do chest compressions on this <laughs> yeah. woman, and she's like, "Yeah, like it's creepy," and she says it really creepily. Yes, uh, and, and Marta's like, 
fuck. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, like she knows. She's accusing me. Yeah. Um, and so, but Marta, being a good person, is terrified. She's like, fuck, like they're gonna get me, but like I've gotta help her. Yeah, I have to help her. So she starts yeah. chest compressions. She calls the she calls nine one one and starts CPR. Meanwhile, Blanc is <laughs> sitting out in the so car. Fun. He's like, got his headphones in. He's like bopping to a song, and you see the like sirens like pull up behind him, and he's like, "The fuck!" Like, what? he's like, "Oh shit!" Totally unaware of everything happening. Yes, so, so funny. Fran's taken to the hospital, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, Blanc gets off the phone with the police station, and he tells Marta, "Like, Ransom told us everything. He snitched on you. Yeah, he told us that you are." responsible for all of this and marta's like good i'm <laughs> just like literally finally, too much like just a relief just like you know what fine like i <laughs> i'm glad somebody finally like forced my hand here because it does it reminds me of no way are these situations similar but there's a lot of serial killers out there that when they eventually get found they're like thank god yeah i will tell you everything this because it's like an illness you know and right i mean they've been alone in it it's a big hard step to take to like turn yourself in yeah and i get the psychology of not doing that but i get the psychology of being relieved when somebody finally just catches you and Mm -hmm. you're just like okay yeah like yeah i don't have to freak out about this all the time it doesn't have to be all consuming yeah and I mean, I obviously sympathize with Marta much more than a serial killer. Oh, I mean, for sure. <laughs> That's just what it made me think of. But yeah, it's but the she, same sort of thing. The, the instant relief. Yeah. And so she fills Blanc in on her side of everything as well. So he's like, okay, we got to go to the house. We got to fess up to the family. You have to tell them what happened, what's going on. They go back to the house and she remembers Fran's little stash spot for her pot. And she's like, oh, I know where the talks report is. Yeah. She goes, she goes to the clock. And there's a copy of it in there, but it's the full one. It's, it's not the, just the header. Right. Yeah. It's the full tox report from his body. Yeah. So the whole family is in like this living sitting room and she's like in the doorway and she's like wringing her hands, swaying back and forth. She's like so nervous and she so like nervous. starts to like fess up. And yeah. mean, in the background, Blanc is like kind of just passively sort of reading over the tox report and he like jumps in front of her and he's like (laughs) (laughs) and he immediately starts yelling at the family you don't deserve her you've never been nice to her yeah he is team marta jumps in hashtag team marta (laughs) yeah like he shames them all for being such terrible people yeah and he says she will not be renouncing the inheritance. <laughs> he decides he, for her. Yeah, he's like, you will not be doing that. And Harlan committed suicide. So Case fuck you. Closed. <laughs> it's such a good moment. It is such a good gotcha moment where the family is. Yeah. And then Marta's like, no, no, no. Like, why are you what? doing this? Why would you cover no, for me? Like, yeah. He, and she says, "I there is an undeniable fact that I killed Harlan. Yeah. And as the audience, you're also like. But yeah. she killed Harlan. Yeah, right? you're like, yeah, but we watched this scene. Yeah. And we've seen all the truth so far. Yeah. Love it. I love it. And Ugh. so Blanc brings Marta into a room with Lieutenant Elliot and Trooper Wagner. And he's like, get the rest of the family out of the house. Bring me ransom. Mm. And the reveal Ugh. is a lot. It's this a lot. Is, <laughs> but this is like one of the best. Agreed. Big mystery reveals. Oh, it's so good. I think that personally that I have ever consumed. Yeah. I love it. I love his 
drawl, his accent throughout the whole thing. I mean, they draw it out. It's a long scene. He's dramatic and it's fun. Right. He's, yeah, it's not professional. No. At all. Mm -hmm. He is, he is like thrilled to have, yeah, and like (laughs) staging such a like big to do because he wants everyone to know. To the point where Lieutenant Elliot, the straight edge cop, is like, bro. What are you doing? Get on with it. Meanwhile, the other cop is like eating this shit up. (laughs) We need to see what happens. Yeah, so he breaks down the whole story as it really happened. Literally every single detail of the movie comes back into play in this five minutes that he tells this story. Yeah, it's it's a lot, (laughs) but It's it's, it's, it's great. So the night of the party, Ransom has his argument with Harlan. And Jacob, the Nazi child, sitting in the bathroom, (laughs) overhears my will and I'm warning you. It turns out that Ransom and Harlan shared a love of twisting the knife into one another. And Harlan told Ransom everything. He told him, I'm cutting everyone out of the will. Right. Not just him. Yeah. So so Ransom knew it wasn't just him that had been cut out. Yeah. Everybody had been cut out. Which is why he comes back to the will reading for the Thrilled. satisfaction he's like eating a pack of cookies like <laughs> waiting just like just like a, yeah it's like the eating the popcorn gift where he's just yes. like i'm just here to watch the theatrics yeah. um yeah so harlan told him everything and marta at this point recalls recalls that harlan had told ransom that she could beat him at go mm-hmm. but why would the topic of the will conversation have steered back to marta and uh, and Benoit Blanc says there's one obvious explanation. <laughs> so Ransom storms out, drives off into the night, and he returns, careful to avoid the, the gate security range. He takes the same trek up to the house that Martha took. Yeah, but you see him in the flashback, and he is careful not to make footprints. Yes, he walks on the side of the smart, path, yeah. doesn't, doesn't step on the mud, sneaks up the same trellis mm-hmm. into the trick window, and he goes and finds Marta's medical bag and switches the medication. So he, he mm-hmm. doesn't switch the labels. He empties each vial yep. and actually switches the liquids that are in the bottles. Yep. He knew what, that Marta would be injecting him that night. And he knew that if Marta was responsible for Harlan's death, even unintentionally, that it would make her ineligible to inherit the estate and that Ransom would get his share back. It would revert to the previous will, I yep. guess. And he figured that she might try to save him. So he also stole the naloxone. Yes. Yeah. To make sure that Harlan does does die from this. If she just gives him the antidote, then like, what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah. So, so at this point, so while he's describing this, he's also getting the medical bag. He's got the medical bag that Marta uses. Right. And he has taken out the two medication vials and he tapes over the labels and then after he finishes that little explanation, he puts both of the bottles down and he asks Marta to give him the morphine. Yeah, he's like, oh, just very casually, like not making any big deal right. out of it. Just yeah. like, oh, can you hand me the morphine? And she like picks it up like she doesn't even look at the bottles. No, she just like picks it up, realizes that's not it and hands him the other vial. And he takes off the tape. And it's the morphine. And he said, how did you know that this was it? I taped over the label. And she says, I, I just, just knew. I just do. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that Marta had given Harlan the correct doses because... Of the correct medication. Of the correct medication. Because <laughs> it's kind of confusing. Because when Ransom switched them, Marta switched them back. Yeah. 
on accident, on like not ac- knowing that she did it. Right. She, she, yeah. apparently there's such a distinct difference yeah. in like the viscosity of these two medications. Like it's very slight. Yeah. But because Marta has done this so many times, she physically like could tell a difference and dosed Harlan correctly. Right. But then, yeah. of course, when she looked at the labels, she thought that she had messed up. She thought she messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So Harlan was fine. And the the toxicology report showed that his blood was normal. Mm-hmm. And this is how Blanc knew. Yeah. That Marta. It that was Marta not Marta. Was not Marta. And so Harlan's death was suicide. And she's not guilty of anything. He said she's guilty of nothing but some damage to the trellis and a few amateur theatrics. Mm-hmm. And if Harlan had listened to her and called an ambulance and waited, then he they would have been be like, fine. you're fine. You don't have an overdose yeah. of morphine. <laughs> and then they could have a lot earlier been like, who switched these damn vials? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So, I mean, poor Marta learning this, like that it was all for nothing. It was that, all like, for nothing. He didn't have to die at all. Yeah. And he's just literally such a drama queen <laughs> that he killed himself. <laughs> I mean, I, he, was he did to it out of mom. the goodness of You're his right. heart. But You're like, right. he wanted his death to mean something and, and use it. Who else would have thought of that plan, though? To protect her, yeah. <laughs> Wild. Blanc says, you would have been alive when Great Nana spotted you climbing down the trellis. Um, when she said, Ransom, you're back again already. And uh, he says, because earlier that night, she had said, Ransom, you're back. Yeah. Because he really points out that she had said, back again. Already, yeah, mm-hmm. back again already. Yeah. Um, so he turns to Ransom and says, "Much later that night, you had to come back to the house to retrieve the incriminating tampered vials and switch them back, so that it would be clear that they hadn't been switched when they right. looked into Marta." Mm-hmm. But this time, he tries to sneak back in, and the dogs bark and freak out. Yeah, and, and they woke up Meg. They don't like Ransom because they don't like Ransom. Because Ransom's a prick. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's the bar- the dog's barking that woke up Meg. And so yeah. Ransom sees somebody woke up and he's like, okay, I'll just come back early in the morning and switch the vials tomorrow. But then, you know, tomorrow, Fran yep. finds Harlan. He's not murdered. Slit his own throat. And he committed suicide. Committed suicide. And so Ransom's like, oh, shoot. Guess I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. he still wants his cut of the will. He still needs it to be reversed. So he still needs to pin it on Marta somehow. Blanc says, now the circumstances are perfect for the anonymous hiring of me. You know a crime has been committed by Miss Cabrera. You need her to be caught for it. But you can't reveal how you know that she did it. Enter me. Benoit, Benoit Blanc. <laughs> so dramatic i love it <laughs> yeah so harlan's body is discovered there early the next morning the police the medical examiner the family everybody swarms in there's no possible way you can switch marta's medical bag now um so you wait for your moment when the investigation's over and you know the house is empty and that's why ransom missed the funeral dun, dun, yeah he <laughs> snuck over and uh switched the vials yep back. and he thought he was alone in doing so however Fran was there. Enter Fran. Just a perfect example of Ransom's mindset of like thinking that he's better than he is because yeah. he doesn't even consider Fran the housekeeper as a person who might mm-hmm. be at the home. He's yeah. like, the family's gone. The house will be empty. Yeah. Never mind the housekeeper that's right. always there. Like they're beneath him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He's such a dick. Such a dick. <laughs> yeah. So she catches so, him. Yeah. She catches him. She doesn't know what he's doing. 
but she witnesses him tampering with Marta's, Marta's medical stuff. After Harlan has after died. After Harlan has died. So she knows that he's doing something naughty. Yeah. She doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah. And she's got a friend at the, or a cousin at the medical examiner's office. So she looks into it. She tests her theory and gets a copy of the toxicology report. And the numbers, they don't mean anything to her. She right. can't like, read it. Because his blood was normal and there's not blaringly something wrong. That's I bet true. it would be like, I don't know if these are the right levels or not. Right. Yeah, that's true. So she sends her blackmail note to Ransom. The note that says, I know what you dramatic did. dramatic too. <laughs> Everyone is in this story. Um, and when he yeah. gets it, he's like, amazing. He thinks yeah. Marta has been, has given Harlan the tampered drugs he thinks the blood tox report will prove her guilt. Yeah. And he sends that note to Marta. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes to the will reading. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's getting cut out. LOL. You know, he thinks to himself, once this tox report comes out, Marta's going down and everyone will get their money back. So it's kind of just like a big old joke prank thing mm-hmm. to him. But then he takes Marta to that cozy little restaurant and she confesses and... It totally turns everything on his head. Mm-hmm. He realizes that she switched them back. He switched them and then she switched them back. So she has done nothing. Yeah. Which puts into perspective that quote that we read earlier, where I think in my head, he's like, maybe it did mean something that you could beat him at Co and I couldn't because like she's clever. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he's realizing that she has, I don't know if she's outsmarted Unintentionally him. foiled his yes, plan. Right. Just by being a competent person. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's great. He realizes she committed no crime and the changed will will stand. She's going to get the money he's lost. So he destroys all evidence of her innocence. Right. Which Um, plot twist. You thought that they were. I don't know. I guess you don't really know. (laughs) Why is that building burning down? But my thought was not destroy her innocence because mm-hmm. at that point i guess you don't know that the tax report is clean right you think that they're destroying evidence mm-hmm. yeah but it's the opposite but it's the opposite send her the anonymous email with the late morning rendezvous and keep your rendezvous appointment that fran has set up mm. saying i know what you did so many layers mm-hmm. so he basically switched himself for marta in this yeah. this thing with fran yeah. Um, so yeah marta finds the blackmail note she finds fran and uh, you make the connection that Marta will get arrested for killing Fran mm-hmm. and Harlan this yeah. way. Right. Um, and then in this moment, Marta realizes that when Fran was dying and said, Hugh did this, she was saying, Hugh did this. H-U-G-H. Because Ransom asks her to call him Hugh. Because she's, she's the, the only one. I love it. Because Marta's like, she said, Hugh did this because you made the help call you Hugh. Because you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's such a good thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Just the way this plays out, this scene is so I know everything just comes into light and Mm -hmm. the fog is lifted. Uh, It's so good. It's great. And I love it, too, because Marta did nothing wrong. And there's layer upon layer of her being more and more innocent. And it's... Yes. And and being innocent and, and how again and again and again her being a good person has worked in her favor Mm -hmm. and caused things to happen that lead to the actual murderer getting Mm -hmm. yeah it's just she never really sunk down to the family's level right 
So Benoit Blanc says, and it would have worked if we hadn't brought you in for questioning so you could make your anonymous call. And if Fran had not stashed a safety copy of the tax report, and if Marta had not outplayed you once again by having a kind heart, by saving Fran's life, even though it meant losing her inheritance and going to jail, she didn't play your game. She saved Fran's life. (sighs) It's so good. I love it so much. (laughs) And Ransom was like, Fran's alive? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Marta gets a call (laughs) from the doctor's office. Yeah. You don't hear the conversation. You just hear her side of it. She hangs up the phone and she's like, great news, everybody. Fran is alive. She's going to make it. She's ready to talk to y'all. And Ransom is like, fuck. (laughs) I'm like, that's the one little thing. (laughs) Shit. And Ransom has this like, such like a toddler pouting scene. Yes. He throws a little temper tantrum where he's like, well, fine. I murdered Fran, but I guess I didn't. So if I get a good lawyer, which I have, I will get off. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like basically saying like, I'm going to get away with this because I'm a rich white person. Yeah. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah. See it. Yeah. Yeah. As he finishes up this little temper tantrum, he's facing Marta and she pukes all over him. him. Projectile vomits on him. It's disgusting. It's so nasty. I don't, I don't enjoy that part. (laughs) I hate when people vomit on camera. Dripping. And it's chunky. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, which you know reveals that she lied. Fran did die. She did not pull through. Ransom just confessed to her murder. Yep. Um, yeah, and so Ransom says, he shrugs, and he says, in for a penny, and he grabs one of the knives from, from the, the big, wheel. giant from one, the wheel. knife wheel This installation. ridiculous prop comes back into play. <laughs> <laughs> and he tries to kill Marta with this knife from the wheel of knives, stabs her, and realizes it's a stage knife. It yeah. didn't really stab her. She's totally fine. He, like, pulls out. It's like, yeah (laughs) the blade's like sinking in yeah he's like shit Shit. (laughs) and yeah so he gets arrested and arrested god marta she just attempted murder Mm -hmm. on her after everything that she's been through he tried to kill her yeah he just tackled her and tried to stab her with a knife And I'm sure, like, even though it's a stage knife, I'm sure he used force on her. And, like, so she just had, like, punched in the chest, essentially, and tackled. At that point, I would be like, I don't even want this many. People are trying to murder me. Right, like, how worth it is it? But she's been through so much. Um, There's, like, a little montage sort of scene, which I guess, did you write, like, a conclusion? I did. I've got a closing for us. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. A quick yet haunting pianist and percussionist serenades Linda as she walks into Harlan's study, a sweet and mournful smile on her face. After all, she really did love her father. She finds the note Richard cast aside earlier. We cut to the family outside the mansion in cold and dreary weather, waiting for answers. Walt is leaning against a van, Jacob on his phone, Donna ever worried. Ransom walks by in handcuffs, led by a police officer and Trooper Wagner. Joni looks away. Meg speaks with Lieutenant Elliot and inaudibly gasps as she learns the truth. Richard tries to bribe the cops for his son. (laughs) Linda watches as she heats the blank note from below with a lighter, causing words to appear. She looks to Richard, who looks back at her and realizes what she has discovered. The dogs bark. There's more, but so Linda discovered this note 
that was written in a secret language by her dad telling her that Richard cheated on her. Um, it kind of really sucks. Yeah. So everybody gets yeah. shit on. Everybody. Bing, 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 bing. Like yeah. down the line, they're all one like, after the other. <laughs> this is all one long shot. As mm-hmm. like Ransom's it being, is, which is very cool. It's really cool. Ransom's like being led out, yeah, led out yeah. in handcuffs, and it pans like the way that they're staged. Like you see each family mm-hmm. member one at a time as the camera backs up like toward the house. It's super cool, and you see them all like turning and looking up at the house, and then the camera pans and Marta. Yeah, I've got it. Okay, the scene changes to Marta. She has a towel wrapped around her shoulders and a coffee mug in her hand. She asks Blanc when he knew she had something to do with Harlan's death. He informs her it was the first time she sat in front of him and points to her shoe, to the blood speck. He says, I want you to remember something very important. You want, sorry, I should be doing this in his voice. I don't know if I can. It's so difficult, y'all. It's it's a real, (laughs) Daniel Craig is, you forget he's a British man in this movie. He does so good. You won, not by playing the game Harlan's way. But yours, you're a good person. (laughs) She asks if she should help them, the family. He says he he has a feeling she'll follow her heart. Yeah, I have my opinion. He said, I have my own opinions. And he makes this face like, why the fuck would you do that? (laughs) Such a good face. (laughs) But he says she'll follow her heart, which... You know, she probably will help them. I don't know. Some of them. A harmonica begins to play a folksy tune. Marta looks at a portrait of Harlan, then walks out onto a balcony. She looks down on the family in the driveway as Ransom gets placed into a police car. They all look up at her, one by one, somber anticipation and worry in their eyes. Cut to Marta's face. She sips from the mug. It is revealed to say, my house, my rules, my coffee. Amazing. Amazing. 10 out of 10. (laughs) 10 out of 10. God, it's so good. It's no secret. I don't know if we really need to rate this one. Oh, yeah. Actually, I hated it. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, the only twist here would be like if we could find some flaw with it but like i don't I have anyone I, I don't have any five I, out of five hundred out of a hundred i don't know if i would change anything like truly like the no. casting in this movie is perfect like apart yeah. from, like if we take a step back from the mystery being really well crafted yeah and the characters being so good but like the casting is so good the sets the costumes the set, like it's it the music the music uh, the like scenery the, the camera work the way things like it like lingers on things that you don't mm-hmm. know are important but it makes you notice them so that later in the movie you're like, oh, yes. (laughs) And it's just so good. It's like, it's a full five out of five for me. Me Um, too. No questions asked. Yeah. Like hands down. I have seen this movie probably like six or seven times by now. (laughs) I love this movie. It has become one of my comfort movies. It's the rewatchability is so good. Even if you know what's happening, it's because there's so many layers and, Every single thing that happens is important and meaningful in some way. And I also love the commentary on American life. It's not digging deep here. It's because these characters are so tropey. It's very surface level addressing like these issues in American culture. But like uh, (laughs) it's just fun at themselves. Yeah, it's it's clearly like satire. Yeah. um, And I really enjoy that aspect. And I don't care that it's not veiled. No, I like, like that it's in your face. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's meant to hit you on the head with it because yeah. 
like that's the point like every nothing in this movie is like subtle as far as like the characters are concerned like everybody hit you on the head with like okay that's who this person is with a very clear like caricature of a real person which is great yeah the writing is amazing the dialogue between characters is also meaningful which i think dialogue often you can just kind of throw it away Mm -hmm. but with this so much thought went into it Especially all of Blanc's dialogue. Yeah. I'm looking up now because I know Ryan Johnson directed this movie, but I I could be misremembering this, but I think this was like a pet project of his. Really? I think he wrote he wrote it as well. Oh, did so, he? So yeah, Ryan Johnson wrote wow. and directed the movie. Major and props to you him. You can then. tell he was like, I got that Star Wars money. Now I'm going to go do a project for me. And you can tell that this is something he had like been just like personal project, been working on it for a long time. And he was like, I can finally make my mystery (laughs) and it's going to be fun as hell. And I think it, I don't know how well it did, but every single person that I've talked to that has watched it also really loves it. Yeah. It's just such a home run Mm -hmm. slam dunk. It did did exactly what it set out to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, even though it does use so many, like, mystery tropes, like, there's literally an Agatha. It does. There's an Agatha Christie story where it's literally, like, about a big family where the patriarch dies because his medications were switched. Like, the story is not... I didn't know that. It's, (laughs) like, it's not an original story at all. Like, the concept and the way he died is unoriginal but of course in the agatha christie story it comes out in a much more like less uninventive way mm -hmm. and like the way that the story is told is less inventive and Um, i mean honestly did that does it have to be original the way he dies that's that's my point it's like it doesn't you can completely like copy and paste the setup for a murder Mm -hmm. and tell a completely different story and i think he does that here it's really really well done um, good. Yeah. Good. And there's going to be another one. Yes. It's a series. It's coming out with soon. Blanc. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, they're making a Benoit Blanc detective series which I am all in. Yes, 100% on, on board. Yeah, Fuck it's the called uh, The Glass Onion <laughs> is what it's called. Um, I'm and, sad that Marta's not going to be in it. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch it. Yeah, they. I mean, there's high expectations. He set yes. the standard pretty high. He so did, like, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm sorry, but feel the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, honestly, if he turns in, even if it's not as well-crafted, if he turns in, like, a highly entertaining, yeah, fun, mystery detective story, like, I'll be happy with it. Like, You're I, right. It's, it's going to be hard <laughs> to recapture the, like, magic of Knives Out. Yeah. But at this point, I'm content with just, like... I need more Benoit Blanc stories and mm-hmm. I'm happy to watch Daniel Craig do this as long as he wants to because he's <laughs> having a great time. He <laughs> he's loving it. So anywho, that's our podcast for today. Yeah. Our next episode is going to be on the Frankie Drake mysteries TV show. TV show. Um, I think it's had like two or three seasons. Um, yeah, we will not be covering the whole we, thing. In yeah. One episode. Not covering it. We, I don't, we haven't started it yet. So It'll depend on how dense each episode is. We may cover like a couple episodes at a time or a whole season at a time or something like that. But yeah, it's a Canadian show about um, a female detective and her partner. I think it's written by women and Ugh, amazing. like I think directed by women. Um, but yeah, set in 1920s Toronto. Ugh. 
I'm thrilled. <laughs> it sounds like it. such <laughs> my cup of tea. I'm very excited to watch it. So um, yeah, it's it's gotten really good reviews. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%? Which I don't know how many critics have chimed in on it, but you know, that's uh, that's bodes well. So wow. that's, that's going to be our next adventure and I'm excited to talk about it. Mm. Um, yeah. So see y'all then. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.